Hello and welcome to The Learning Project. I'm your host today, Stephanie Courtney. Today in our Leadership and Professionalism podcast, we have James who's going to be breaking down the doors about fear. Why don't you join us and listen in? Hey everybody, it's Stephanie from The Learning Project. I'm so excited, y'all. We got a great guest coming to The Learning Project. This is our segment on professionalism and um, leadership. So I'm super excited. We have James. Thank you so much for coming to The Learning Project. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so excited, you guys. Um, James has an extensive background as far as professionalism and leadership, and I want to learn all about that. So James, tell us a little bit about you before we go into the first question. Sure, yeah. Uh, My name is James Gatewood. Uh, Currently, uh, I work as a territory rep uh, in dental distribution. Uh, So I make friends with business owners uh, all day long uh, in the dental profession. So yeah, uh, so professionalism, uh, leadership are very, very important on a daily basis uh, in what I do. And I'm so, so thankful that you invited me here. I'm so excited. So this is going to be great. Then guest here is, what is your passion? That's a, <laughs> that's a deep question. Um, as I, as I've been growing up and uh, had some different careers, uh, my passions changed a little bit. Um, mm. I think, I think now my passion would probably be uh, in the construct of being a better man than I was the day before. Mm. Um, because if, if you think of the building blocks of a person, right, you're going to yeah. learn some things throughout history, you're going to learn some things throughout, you know, your story and other people's stories and how do you put those in practice on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of what, what drives me. Um, and also developing people. Um, mm. And I, I start with my 10-year-old. I have a 10-year-old son. Oh, so yes. he, he's, he's, so, he's so cute, you guys. He, oh, <laughs> he's, he's my focus, right? Um, yeah. But building what he will understand about the world as he grows up uh, around him and then also showing him you know how that's going to change uh, and and giving him some direction there as well as anybody that I come across that I befriend and my family um, Mm -hmm. you know everybody you know needs help sometimes everybody has development opportunities yeah good and bad yeah so I, I always keep keep that in mind when developing as one of my passions and also developing myself yeah Uh, because I have found most recently that my 10 year old son uh is smarter than I am which which is (laughs) uh you know kind of that's when I need to develop that muscle um of fourth grade math again so yeah (laughs) but I think uh I think that's what moves me is is being a better person than I was the day before and also remembering to utilize uh, myself as a teacher and a developer Oh man, you just really said like, okay, you guys, I want you to stop what you're doing right now. If you have someone that you know that is really needing this conversation, if you know where we're about to go right now, you guys, I want you to stop. I want you to share this this podcast, okay? They are going to need this. Um, I keep saying back to this, this saying in each podcast, you can give people flowers, you can give them candy, but when you give them something that they can really chew on and grow and develop, it is unbelievable, it's irreplaceable, and it's just amazing. So definitely take time right now to share this. I wanted to ask you a question because you said something in the very beginning here. You said that your passion changed. How many, yes. time, how many times has your passion changed and is it okay for your passion to change? Um, I will answer those out of order. It's definitely okay for yeah. your passion to change. It has to change. Because mm-hmm. um, as people, we we evolve, mm-hmm. you know, we grow. Um, my passion when I was 18 is definitely not what it is now, <laughs> 20 yeah. years later. So, um, and how many times it's changed, uh, Stephanie, I can't even <laughs> tell you. I mean, <laughs> countless times. Um, yeah when tell us about some of your passions tell me tell me kind of the journey um so okay yeah um going okay so i'll start a little bit early uh going through high school right Mm -hmm. my passion was um my you know school uh getting good grades i was Mm -hmm. passionate about my scholastic career and getting Mm -hmm. into college well you hit that milestone you get to college right Mm -hmm. now my passion is get a degree learn Mm -hmm. something challenge what you can Challenge everything that you can because you're in yeah. a safe environment to do that. Yeah. But get your degree. Okay, yeah. cool. You walk across that stage, you get that degree. Now what do you do? Mm-hmm. All right, well, now my passion is go out and be a, a good citizen, right? Mm. Be a good American, be a good person. Yes. Um, yeah. you know, get the get the job um, and, and treat people the correct way. Now, that that's kind of blanketed and I could 
that could be like a base passion always, right? Yeah. But you work with people that you don't like. That's you know, true. You, <laughs> you, you're true. in situations that you don't want to be in. Um, and remembering to have that emotional uh, intelligence uh, to, you know, remain focused and, and keep that. your passion 98% of the time, mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, speaks volumes. So it's, and then, of course, you know, you go through and, and you get married, right? Mm-hmm. Well, man, my passion for, you know, running the streets, you know, when I'm single, <laughs> right. okay, it's a little bit different when I get <laughs> married. Right now, I'm passionate about that one person in my life. Yeah. Um, and then, you you know, you have, you have babies, right? Yeah. So I have a yep. son. My whole world changed when I was driving home in the car with mm. my son, my newborn son in the back seat, because that's when it's real. At least wow. in my opinion, that's when it gets real for men. Is yeah. when like we take them out of the hospital and now we're solely responsible along yeah. with you know the mom to figure this out. Yeah. Because it's a person and yeah. that person will rely on you for everything yes. for the rest of their life. So yep. you know, my passions had to change and my logic had to change about you know how I saw the world, about how some of the things that I wanted to do, maybe you can't do, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, man, I want to take a trip to the Caribbean on a Saturday. Uh, but you got a six month old. Yeah. You know, so, um, and it's okay, right? It's okay. That's what that's what grows us as people. Yeah. Um, and and also, you know, uh, through through my son, um, I found a passion for coaching, mm. um, and then I applied that passion for coaching to developing you know key players at work. Yeah. Um, and so, passions can also intermingle with each other, mm-hmm. right? Coaching, you know, soccer, you know, for five years has nothing to do with my profession. Yeah. But developing young kids and developing adults, that that is synonymous, right? Yeah. Sometimes that's the same thing, right? Because we've yeah. all met that that person that acts like they're 12 on a regular basis. And there's a development opportunity. Yeah. There. Um, but I think that it's definitely okay for your passions to change, you know, and because people's stories change. Um yeah. and, and that's that's the beautiful part about it. Um uh, and but but I will say, be passionate about something. Hmm. Don't don't just let don't I, just I gotta keep have going. You stop. Be passionate I gotta have something. you stop. Just I gotta have you stop right there. I'm gonna put a pin in that. All right. <laughs> he said, "You guys be passionate about something." I that is such good. That, that's so that's that's good. That's good meat right now because when we're talking about passion, everybody's kind of at a point in their life where, or they find themselves in a point in their life where they're like what am I passionate about? You know, what am I here for? What am I doing? And the thing about passion, I think a lot of people measure passion with pay, right? So if there's not a high price with that passion, it's not as valuable as the passion Mm. that a person has that they might not get paid as much for. But it's just as important, you know? Um, As people grow and develop exactly what you said, you know, as they grow and develop, their passions change, but you continually were passionate about something. And when in the midst of your passion, you kind of find your niche or your skill. And when you find your niche and your skill, you continue to grow that in the things that you do day in and day out. And then you become stronger (laughs) at that and you get really good at that and it becomes second nature for you Mm -hmm. and I think that's something that we all have to think about is a lot of times people can't find their passion because they're not trying anything you know um, they're kind of on that one set scale you know even if you're a mother or you're just a father or you are you know maybe your passion is you know um, actually working outside the home whatever you choose to do whatever it is that you're going to do you have to continually grow and develop yourself in those areas to be better in what you do and also to continue grow that passion so other people can be passionate about it um one of the things that oh, please i see you I, Go I, ahead I, I have some you saw a thought bubble um i i think of passion as uh, not only an emotion but as muscle almost like love mm. Yeah. Right. You yeah. can't say love is static. Love is not yeah. a linear thing. Yeah. Love. You can learn to love and practice love mm-hmm. the same way you can learn passion and how to practice what you're passionate at. Yeah. Um, it's a, you know, and it's an evolution. It's an education on how to put action to the feeling. Yeah. Um, and I think that's sometimes where people miss, yeah. you know, because that, that's the hard part. That's where the rubber meets the road is yeah. really how do I put the action to what I'm passionate about? 
And yeah. what am I willing to to risk in that? Or what is my reward, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'll go back to coaching, you know, boy soccer, young people's soccer. Yeah. Rewarding is all get out for me. You know, seeing seeing these boys learn and, and the times they make their goals or they get the steals or, you know, the happiness that they see playing uh, mm -hmm. sports, that's enough for me. I don't I don't get paid for it. Yeah. But it takes, you know, it takes time, it takes development. Um, but in that I'm I find that's where my action is. That's yeah. I'm passionate about this. Yeah. So I do that, right? I'm passionate about my son, I'm passionate about developing young players, so I do coach. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, so many times we look at our worth in society based on what we do, how how much do we make, how what kind of rank, what is our title. But the thing is, at the end of the day, we have to decide who we're going to be. And each stage of our lives are going to constantly change and develop and grow. But you've got to stick in it in order to really see yourself stretch and see yourself grow. So oh, tell yeah. me, so tell me, James, you know, what do you feel are the things that bring being uh, bring the best and the worst out of people That's when a great it applies to lead, when it applies to leadership and growing and developing people. You know that that's a great question, and I know a lot of people don't like to talk about it um, because nobody likes being afraid. Yeah. But I think fear in itself brings can bring the worst out of people, mm. and it can bring the best out of people mm. if used correctly. Oh my goodness. Um, okay. We got to talk about that. That's good. <laughs> That's some good stuff right there, you guys. Listen, if you know somebody that is just holding their self back because of fear, you need to stop what you're doing. Send them this podcast right now. They need to hear this. This part in particular, you know, you just tell them, say, hey, go to, you know, you know, 0. 0.5, 15 seconds, whatever. And and listen to this one part. I just want to let you know, because I can't really explain this, but I want to I want to definitely share it with you. So let's go dive into that. Go for it, James. Um, I mean, you, you can pick out so many situations in fear, but, you know, it's a large construct, right? Fear mm -hmm. is a physical, movable thing. Um, yeah. we're, we're even seeing that in, in today's socioeconomic climate. Like we're seeing yeah. it in our society right now, how fear is being utilized. But, yeah. um, you know, I'll, I'll take it to, to my everyday. You know, my everyday is walking into uh, independent business owners' offices mm -hmm. uh, and having conversations that I may have never met before. Yeah. Um, people, some people are afraid, physically afraid, of entering into a conversation if they're not comfortable with the person they're talking to, mm. right? How mm -hmm. many times has somebody stopped a conversation or stopped themselves from entering a conversation um, and missed out? Yeah. Right? Here, mm. here's as a man. Here, here's what I'll here's what I'll I'll bring it home here. Man, I didn't talk to that one girl. I didn't go see about that girl. Yeah. I was afraid, so I didn't yeah. talk to her. I missed out on an opportunity to meet a nice person. Yeah. Right. I yes. missed out. I yeah. didn't ask for the raise at my job yeah. because I felt a certain way. I was afraid of the rejection. Mm. So I didn't ask, even though my boss really wanted me to ask for the raise. He wanted me wow. to be proactive for the raise. Mm -hmm. um, now let's flip that. Let's flip that and say, okay, well, and I'm not saying that that brings like the worst out of people. I mean, it could go so much farther, right? Yeah. Fear can go so much farther. Yeah. Um, but in people's, you know, day to day, you know, their ins and outs and what they see, these are common themes. Mm -hmm. um, if utilized correctly, you know, maybe I, maybe instead of being afraid of it, I channeled that fear and made it a courageous moment. I yeah. walked into my boss's office and I said, hey, I know that, you know, there's this position open. I want to get your feedback on what this position looks like. Because mm -hmm. I'm really entertaining the thought of going for this. Mm. Talk to me about what you're looking for. Mm. That's not a rejection. That's not inviting rejection. That's inviting a conversation about mm. what you think you want to do. Whoo! That's good. <laughs> inviting so, conversation. Yes. In yes. order to invite conversation, sometimes you have to invite fear. Yes. You have to have that courageous conversation to be able to say, I'm going to overcome this fear of asking for something that I want. You guys, I want you to think about this, what, what James said on such a deeper level, because how many times do we want something 
and we tend to not ask for it. And we base our emotions, our feelings, and our actions off of what we want, but we never ask for it, right? Um, we are kind of building a culture of people that are sometimes not going for what they want because they're letting fear really rule them, you know? Um, you can see this even as with little kids, you know? There's some children, they may really need something, but they choose not to ask for it because they're afraid of what is going to happen. That little kid that that's their first day of school, they wanna go up and play with someone um, and they're just too scared to do it. So sometimes they need to have, you know, someone help them. You know, that's why a lot of times teachers will sign a buddy or the teacher has to be very observant about what's going on in the classroom so that that child can get to that next step. Um, or sometimes you have an educator um, or anybody in any cir cir circumstance where they're struggling with something, but our culture says you have to be perfect. And if you don't know all the answers, then you're stupid, you're an idiot, you are not smart, you're not intelligent, you are not capable of being in the position that you're in. Yeah. And then you lose out on an opportunity to grow and learn and really be your best. You know, fear um, really incites a lot of things. Um, when we when we look at fear, um, there's a couple of podcasts that we've done about health and wellness um, and talking about um, what um, the reasons why we need to have great health. But fear um, really causes upset stomachs. They cause headaches. They cause um, physical, mental illness, depression. Um, it also causes um, forgetfulness. Sometimes you even have the point of where you can't even, you don't even have that sense of emotional intelligence. You can't even activate it because you're acting out of fear. You know, you may be, it may seem like you're being hostile, but you're actually having like almost a panic attack. Yeah. Um, I actually have dealt with that with one of uh, my employees a long time ago. And this is before I'd even recognized it where, you know, I had to bring them into my office and talk to them about something. And they're just like, giving me lip, talking crazy. And I'm like, what is happening right now? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. what? okay. I was like, you know what? We don't even need to talk about this right now. What I want to <coughs> talk about is what I'm experiencing um, with your behavior and what I'm seeing. And then all of a sudden they just broke down and start crying. It was like, I get scared when you call me into the office because I think I'm going to get in trouble. I'm like, you're not in trouble. Right. You're not in trouble. No. <laughs> you're not in trouble. You know? But you're right. It, it does. It causes a, a visceral reaction. It yeah. causes people to either defend immediately, right? Defense yeah. mechanism. I'm afraid yeah. I'm going to fight. I'm going to push you away. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna invite conversation. In fact, I'm gonna run. Right. Yeah. I'm, I don't want nothing to do with it. Um, yeah. Instead of being faithful, right? Because I believe that's the opposite of fear. Mm. It's faith, mm. right? If you go into that same conversation with good faith, knowing, hey, you know what? I'm good at my job. I, I do what I need to do. Maybe yeah. it's a development conversation, but I have faith in the company that I work for to yeah. guide me in the right direction to be the better employee or, or whatever that may be um that's a different conversation yeah um but we have been we have been enabled because we've been enabled to use fear uh in our everyday in my opinion incorrectly yeah um and you see it like you for your your point all the way from children yeah. all the way up uh until to our elders right yeah. um and it's hard to see because when i think we're missing out on so many opportunities to build leaders mm. and opportunities to build people that really have a good moral basis and just you know building others yeah because they're afraid or they were yeah. never built themselves or maybe they just don't feel they know how to do it yeah um and you know the, the resources are abundant yeah out there um but again there's the action mm -hmm. if you want to do it you got to go actually do it yeah um and turn that fear into faith-based um be faithful with you know kind of like passion be faithful with something right yes it doesn't yes. have to be you know uh, a religion or, or, or your job or anything like that but be faithful about something yeah um yeah because that will that will open up some doors for people that i think would not be opened if they were afraid of, mm. of what they're trying to get into Mm, I, this is such a good little spot we're at right now because 
You know, I think we can't talk about leadership or professionalism without talking about fear. Can't do it. You know, um, I think when we have a lot of fear-based kind of principles in leadership, it really creates a hindrance in a person's growth and development Mm -hmm. as well as their self-esteem. When we think about high school, we think about junior high school, you know, you always knew that one kid that had the potential to do something, but they never did it because there's another person that is um, that is really holding them back or they are um, doing this. Um, I call it a mentorship, you know, where, you know, they're being mean and they're supposed to be mentoring them, but they're keeping them behind, mm-hmm. but they don't want to get in front of them. And so it's this almost competitiveness in the in the same hands of trying to mentor someone you can't do that you know um when we're talking about you know leading um with really um strength and integrity and all of these different pieces we have to do a lot of self-reflection upon ourselves and we really have to think about how do we help people overcome those challenges but also one of the things i always say is it's not up to the employer or your manager to help you get there. You've gotta be willing to take those strides and those steps on your own. Um, Get them, Steph. (laughs) There's a quote that says, people will praise you for what you do in private. People will praise you for what you you do in public, but you practice in private. You know, when you're at home, how much time are you giving to yourself, you know, reading and reflecting and practicing exercises and different things like that? How much time are you really putting in so that you can see yourself getting out, you know, certain things, getting certain productivity out? Um, When we look at education, you know, I feel like educators, I think a lot of jobs, you can't turn it off. It's not something that you can just put down a lot of times. Um, But specifically with a where we're at right now with COVID um, and we've been talking a lot about um, how race is playing in so many facets of our jobs right now. I mean, literally, we have talked to people from technology. We have talked to people from higher education. We have talked to people um, that have built um, uh, diversity and inclusion programs, Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. There's so many places where this is coming into play. Um, Our kids are being faced with so many different things. We really have to create a community, whatever area that you are in you have to create a community that is safe that is progressive and it's also um, open for us to have these conversations so that we can grow and develop and be be at a place where we can really see our group our our (coughs) society succeed you know um there's so many different people that are choosing not to have conversations that are helping us to be more progressive in our conversations and how we do things in um, our society. The reason why I bring that up is because when we're talking about leadership, when we're talking about professionalism, when we're talking about fear, those pieces sometimes can be a hindrance. Um, One of the podcasts that we had did a while ago, we were talking about how sometimes people of color will actually um, hold themselves back because they're in fear fear of certain things. And so, you know, um, even women, I want to really say this, um, women, you know, we just, we talk about how much sacrifice women have to put out there. Or if a man is in a woman dominated field, there's Mm -hmm. certain things and stigmas and fears and pressures and um, also certain things they know they they have to learn real quick not to do and not to do, you know? Um, There's all these different pieces that go along with them, but it really takes us to, it takes us to be brave to have those conversations. So James, tell us, how do you continually grow and develop yourself so that you feel like you can pour into other people, but you also feel like you've given yourself the opportunity to pour yourself? Yeah, you know, it's it's not a one size fits all. You know, yeah. I, I think I think people people are gonna learn and intake and, and resonate with information differently. Um, for me, I, <laughs> I don't like to read a lot. I, I will admit that on this podcast, <laughs> James Gatewood does not like to sit down and read. But I love audiobooks. Yeah. yeah. I love when I can I love when I can turn it on while I'm cleaning or I can turn it on while I'm cooking. Yeah. And I my brain likes doing that. I was the kid that always went to class yeah. because I liked taking the notes 
mm-hmm. of what they were saying. So I knew conceptually how I wanted to, to use this information. Yeah. Um, I've listened to countless audiobooks regarding leadership because leadership is also a muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, no, nobody just pops out the greatest leader in the world. Yeah. I love what you said that you cannot have a, t- a conversation about leadership and not talk about being afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, note to everybody, every good leader or every leader in general has been afraid, is afraid, yeah. Yeah. will be afraid. Yeah. Um, now what they do with the fear may be a little bit different mm. than other people, right? Wow. Um, and I think that comes from a study of how to lead, how they lead, where they lead from. Um, for example, Brene Brown has a wonderful book and she talks about uh, leading from a place of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Crazy how many leaders aren't vulnerable enough yeah. to yeah. lead. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, the things that I do uh, are, are, some of them are unorthodox. Like I pay a lot of attention to my 10 year old. Yeah. And by that is I try to see what he's seeing through his eyes. Like, Mm. how is he seeing the world? And how would would my 10-year-old kid approach a situation that doesn't, you know, he doesn't have all these years under his belt? Um, What are some of those simple things that you could take? Um, For example, I mentioned inviting conversation. That's a huge thing. My son asked me every question in the book. He's inviting conversation. Yeah. Um, And, you know, that's, that's not easy at any age. Uh, to do that, uh, but to take up, take those opportunities to also sit in a circle of people that don't think like you do. Mm. I'll tell you a story. Um, so I'm in Spokane, Washington, and I have a really good friend of mine. Our kids go to the same school. Uh, they're the same grade. Um, and he's a police officer. Mm-hmm. Great man. Love his family. Uh, we have dinner there once or twice a month. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there with him and he lives in a gated community and I'm sitting there with, with him and, and four other men. And we're talking about the state of the world, mm-hmm. the state of our economy, yeah. and where we think it's gonna go for Spokane specifically. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, in all, in all honesty and candor, uh, I am the only man of color in the circle mm-hmm. of men, mm-hmm. you know, middle-aged uh, white men, uh, also very affluent people, very smart people. Yeah. I was sitting in a circle of people that may have had some different views on policy, on diversity and inclusion, mm-hmm. on some of the politics involving Spokane or, or, or what we wanted to do. But my, my initial uh, thought wasn't to defend my position. Yeah. That's fear-based. Mm. No, man, no, I'm a di- no, you don't know how it is to be, to be me here. Yeah. That's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to listen, I wanted to ask questions. Yeah. I wanted to invite more conversation yeah. because where we where we invoke change isn't defending our position every single time. Mm. It's learning about others' positions and how we move through that. Yes. How, how we educate through that. Yes. Um, because I think that the more we listen, the the farther we'll actually go in conversations like that. And I, mm. you, know, you, you said something amazing, you know, where um, just being, you know, having... Uh, uh, being in groups that that aren't like you, right? Yeah. Uh, men and, and women-driven uh, businesses, or yeah. or vice versa. Yeah. Um, diversity, inclusion in in the workplace now. Yeah. Um, what we're doing is breaking down those barriers of people that are afraid to talk about race and ethnicity. Right. Talk to me about it. We need yeah. to talk about it because it, it's here. Yeah. Right. It's here. <laughs> We, yeah. we see all types of races and ethnicities in the workplace, no matter where you work, it's here. Why aren't we inviting conversation? Yes. Why don't we talk about what you see versus what I see? Yes. Um, and I think that that's, you know, I can't say a lot of good has come out of this this last six months. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But I can say that it's opened up doors for people to have to stop being afraid. They have to face it and say, mm-hmm. you know what? I need to have this conversation with, yeah. with Stephanie. I really want to talk to James and, and get his take on yeah. some of these things that I'm seeing that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we get to do the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I get to do this in business all the time. Yeah. You know. Um, and so that's really, I think, where I where I put, you know, my my nose down and and, and get in books and whatnot is I listen a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some stuff. 
some stuff hits me so different that I didn't even know I felt that way. Mm. Like I, 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 you know, I'm sitting in the circle of guys, you know, we're all hanging out. Yeah. And I was like, man, you know, they see, they see a lot of different things that I don't necessarily see in my day to day. I need to get more educated before I jump into this conversation because I think some of this time I'm on your side, right? Some of this, I agree with you about some things. And then some of these things I want to, I want to know how to engage the group or you to maybe some of the things I don't agree with, but we can learn from. Yes. Um, Yes. And I, I think, you know, being a student of, of, of that, of how to engage people, um, how to have those conversations without building walls when you're having it right without mm-hmm. building a defense when you're mm-hmm. having it mm-hmm. is so important because that's what really adds to the uh, authenticity of the conversation and the learning and the education that's present in it Woo! this is so good i feel i feel like i got deep i'm sorry I feel like no I this is so good <laughs> let me tell you why because when we're talking about this a lot of people are just going to hear you know maybe like race 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 or diversity diversity this goes deeper than that when we are thinking about our our the people we work with we have to remember that each person has a story based off of that story it they are going to interpret the information that they're hearing or receiving based off of their experience And one of the things that's really hard about leadership is that we have to make a lot of decisions. And so our brain is trained to make a decision, make a decision, analyze, make a decision, analyze, make a decision. You're constantly doing that. However, there comes a point when we're working with people and we see them struggling or we see them not happy, burnt out, don't want to be there. Um, maybe they do want to be there and you see opportunity for them to really to push them I'm really big about that when especially my high performers high performing teachers things like that I will absolutely absolutely ask for, for one for permission to say hey I'm getting ready to push you and I need to know it's okay because mm-hmm. I need you to know that when I'm pushing you, I'm not being mean to you. I'm not picking on you. I see something and I want, I know you can, you're capable of taking on this task and mm-hmm. I want you to, I want to push you to this. So yeah. that is really important for us to remember that people have a story. They're going to interpret those, the information according to that lens. And we have got to do our part by getting to know them. Um, this morning, I talked to uh, Dr. Shelly Myers um, in our leadership podcast, and she was talking a lot about taking the time to go buy people's offices and, you know, giving them a coffee, saying hello to them, taking them out to lunch, going on a walk with them, getting to know them on such a personal level so that you can understand the why. Why yeah. did you react yes. like this? Why did you do that? Why do you have this thought about this? Um, Those are critical pieces to leadership, but they're the pieces of leadership that take time. It's the crock pot of of leadership. Yes. Yes. I totally agree with that. I couldn't agree more. And I mean, once you, once you enter that, right, once you start building a relationship um, with the person, you can then understand where you're grounded and having some of those conversations, right? Mm-hmm. Also, you can understand the boundaries in which to have those conversations mm. to keep it positive, yes. right? There's yes. been many times where I'm having conversations with my family mm-hmm. or my best friends. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, you have maybe that person in your family that's a habitual line stepper. That's my yeah. father. He's a <laughs> habitual line stepper. Um, <laughs> and sometimes we don't agree. Mm-hmm. One, knowing that that's okay, but two, respecting the boundaries of of the agreement, right? Of the relationship, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, is very, very important. And you can only do that if you know where the other person is standing from their story, yeah. right? Um, and then also, hopefully, that's being um, reciprocated from them to you, from them getting to know you and knowing your story and what you're trying to do, because then they can enter, you know, your your domain mm-hmm. and knowing where to have those conversations and how yeah um yeah super hard to do super hard i can't see i've got it right <laughs> man I, yes you know you guys there's so 
there's so many pieces to this. That's why I'm excited about this 30 day podcast. It's focusing yes. on the, all these different areas of people, of community. Um, how do we make ourselves better and really see ourselves succeed and grow and develop? So we've kind of gotten, um, there's, there's another question that, you know, as we're talking about these professional moments and what can we do to be really professional, tell us about your unprofessional moment and wish, what do you wish that somebody would have said or mentored you or helped you with? Okay, everybody, we're getting very vulnerable. Do not judge any of us. We don't want to see no nasty comments underneath here, okay? None, nada, zero, zilch. So James, tell us about your um, professional moment and what do you wish you would have done or someone would have um, said to you or both? Okay, I'll, I'll start. I'll start with, <laughs> I've had multiple unprofessional moments. <laughs> um, but on the crux of that, that's how you learn, right? That's, yeah. you, you make mistakes. Um, but I will go back to, um, I'll go back to being an operations manager. I've had a couple, uh, a couple careers, um, and I lend myself to being, um, to being in, in management. Uh, and at this point in time in my my career, I was an operations manager, and one of my responsibilities um, in elevating to a sales manager was to to train, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm training sales advisors, um, and I thought I was a dope trainer, by the way. Mm -hmm. I thought I. You couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> um, and and I'm, I'm training on um, just a process, right? Mm -hmm. and, I'm, and I give I give this process to the training. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, he takes it and he fails at it. Mm. Right? He fails at it. And so I get mad. Mm -hmm. And like, unfortunately, when I get mad, Stephanie, my face does some things. <laughs> and my eyebrows and my eyes do some things. So I've heard. <laughs> but I did not practice emotional maturity. I got mad and I was like, hey man, you know, like I just told you this. I just yeah. trained you on this. What are you doing? Now, mm. I didn't do it in private. Yeah. I didn't chastise him <laughs> in private. Wow. I did it in front of the entire <laughs> team. Oh. Um now. Epic fail, mm. epic fail. And I'll tell you how I found out it was an epic fail. It wasn't at that moment I found it out. Mm. It didn't resonate with me at that moment when I found it out. Because remember, my stuff don't stink. Like I was the best trainer right. in the world. Everybody right. else got it, you didn't get it. <laughs> But where it came for me to elevate from, now me and this gentleman, we worked together for a long time. Mm -hmm. We built a relationship. Um, I was developing him and I was uber hard on him. Yeah. Um, I did not ask permission, by the way, to develop him the way I did. <laughs> but, but I was doing it. Um, right. So I got to my sales manager position, and then I'm going for a general manager's position. Now, when you do that, um, I, you got to go through a leadership training course, mm -hmm. and you have to go through what they call a 360-degree um, like feedback session from your team, your supervisors, your yeah. uh, regionals, and people below you. Like you got to get it from everywhere, mm. and you hope. And it's anonymous, right? Super right. anonymous. And you hope that what comes out is, is good. Right. Um, that information gets compiled and sent to a, um, a doctor, which will call you, and you go over the feedback together. Mm. Here's where it hit me. Now, this was like, this probably less than a year later. Mm -hmm. So I'm on the phone with this doctor, you know, feeling good about myself. So I'm about to get a raise. Like, I'm dope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I read this feedback. And this feedback was gut-wrenching feedback that I never, ever would have thought anybody would have said about me. Mm. I'm arrogant. I'm the worst trainer in the world. Mm. I never I never bring people up. I always take it to do it myself because I think I do it the best. Oh, my goodness. These are, these are not things that a good leader wants to hear, right? Oh, right. So I had to take a few steps back. Right. and evaluate the way I was leading my team mm. because the feedback that I just got was I wasn't. Mm. The doctor told me, he was like, you know what, this isn't uncommon because you, you're a high performer. You you demand excellence where you go. Yeah. That's not bad. Right. So this is where this is where you're missing this is where you're missing it. He goes, your intention isn't meeting up with your actions. So you're getting the wrong result. 
Mm. And I was like, I don't understand what you're talking about. My intentions are great. So he goes, well, let's think about this, this, you know, this training, right? Yeah. And I know who he was speaking about because I did it. <laughs> he goes, so your, your intention is to train and to get a person to do a certain thing the correct way, right? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. What was your action? Well, I gave it to them and they did it. Okay, what happened? They failed. What did you do then? I took it. Mm. I took the process away. Mm. And then I did it. And then I took I took their ability to learn how to do it away from them. Wow. So what was the result? Wow. The result is I'm arrogant. I'm a know-it-all. I take the process away. I'm not a good trainer. Here's the end result. He goes, so what do you think you need to do? I needed to let them sit with it. I mm. needed to help them when they fell. I needed to help them get back up, dust yourself off, try it again. Wow. This resonated with me at the time because my son uh, was just born. Mm-hmm. And through his life, knowing everything that he does, be, he, he is a spitting image of me. Yeah. I can tell when I am practicing good leadership with him yeah. and when I'm not. When mm. I'm when I'm picking him up and I'm dusting him off and I'm saying, "Hey, I'm gonna help you through this," and yeah. when I'm not, right? Um, and it's so hard to identify. Um, in in my workplace, I can now identify when my actions aren't doing what I want them to do. Because mm. my intention, I always come back to my intention. My intention is to train, right? My intention is to build a process. Yeah. Right. I gave you the process and you failed at it. Okay. Cool. Let's revisit the process. Yeah. Let's revisit what was done. You know, yeah. it's not my job to take that back from you mm. and do it myself. Yeah. Right. My job is to develop you. So then the next time a process needs to be built, you can build it and you mm. know the steps to do so. And you're going to fail. I'm going to fail. Um, and in my career, I've had some directors and some, some good people above me that watched me fail, horribly watched yeah. me fail and said, hey, man. Let me dust you off. We're gonna go back to the drawing board. Nobody got fired. You just, you just didn't do it right, right? Okay. Wow. Yeah. Let's do it again. You know, um, that was a pivotal moment um, in in my in my evolution of, of being of being a leader, um, and it, it's resonated with me in so many different ways. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, in relationships, same mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. You know, I can I can pinpoint those three things: intention action, result. I can put those three things in relationships that I have mm-hmm. um, and including the responsibility that I that I accept in yeah. my own marriage failing. Yeah. Right? Like, marriage is a two-way street. Relationships yeah. are a two-way street. Yes. Everything can be blamed on her. Everything can right. be blamed on me. This is a team right. effort. Guess right. what? Team right. lost the game. Yes. 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 So, so looking at looking at it from the lens of, of vulnerability accepting right when you mess yeah. up and and you know those 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 three things shape the way i lead now shape the way i communicate with people uh shape the way i raise my son yeah uh shape the way i enter relationships whether it be friendships or romantic or whatever it is yeah it's it's now tweet what what i really look for because i always want my intention to meet up with my actions so yeah. i can get the result i want right 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 <laughs> at the end of the day right um and so, and I think that's something that, if I'm being completely honest, I think that that's something that we're missing when we are, when we're developing our kids mm. and when we're developing people. Yeah. Um, we're missing the, the let them fall down, hmm. right? Hmm. Let them fail sometimes. Hmm. Failing is not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Failing yeah. is a teaching moment that's some yes. of the best best education I've got because I didn't yeah. do it right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, now, and I think that kids, if they learn early, right? And I tell my son this all the time. It's okay to fail, right? Yeah. And I'd rather you fail early yeah. um, to learn from it so then you won't have the same reaction and get mad and, you know, I mean, there's reactions that come from that because people are afraid of failure. Yes. Don't be afraid of it. Just don't make a habit out of it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. you're gonna do it. Just yeah. Try not to do it all the time. Yeah. And you know, even, you know, you said something, this is actually really good to you guys. I want you to listen in to onto this part because when you do fail, your actions 
that I want to say like the actions that you or the steps that you take right after the failure make the difference right so um I'm gonna definitely get vulnerable here too as well and so there was a there was a job that I had and I really struggled with it like I mean literally I really struggled with how um, my boss kind of like did things. It was just more like, here you go, figure it out, see you later. And I was the type of person where I'm like, no, I want you to sit down. I want you to go through all the pieces. I want you to go through all the steps. I want to make sure that this is absolutely perfect, right? And I thought it was like a, almost like a form of like, you're setting me up for failure, right? So I started failing and that, and my boss would come back to me and say, look, I want you to look at this framework. I want you to practice the steps. And then I want you to go back to this and I want you to do it again. Mm -hmm. So I literally kept doing this. The other thing that I thought was interesting was when I was failing, my boss always made sure that I didn't use them as the only resource. She would actually send me to other teammates. Like, hey, you need to be sent to this teammate. You need to be sent to this teammate. You need to go spend the day with this teammate. You need to send, spend the day with that teammate. Because I was able to hear so many perspectives and that way I could figure out how I can do it the way the company wanted it done, but it made sense to me and I could be able to explain that and be able to produce that, I was able to achieve my goal. And so I think when we're looking at failure, we're looking at people making mistakes that can be sometimes really costly. Um, like I think about my husband who works as a network engineer for a hospital, like his mistakes could cost him his job. Like that's just- Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. But the thing is the more he has practiced his skill, he's willing to take that next risk. He's willing to take that next step. But um, he does a lot of things to make sure that he's able to go through those mistakes and through those those things that he needs to know. And I don't think we do it enough. When we look at our companies, when we look at our centers that we are centers that we work with, when we're talking about even uh, mistakes that are being made within the company, do we take time to say, okay, you know what, let's take Tuesday to have this meeting and actually go through some opportunities for change. You know what I mean? We have an opportunity here. We have an opportunity there. What can we do? Collaborate, talk, invite that conversation. And I mean, when you had said that you had to get, you had to get that long list of what you didn't do right. It hurts. It Man. hurts, especially people that are high performers or if they've got that perfectionism thing mm -hmm. uh, going on. If you hear something negative, it just like plummets you and it makes you yeah. feel like you're the worst person. You ain't worth nothing. You ain't never gonna right. eat nothing. Right. You know, you've, got, <laughs> <laughs> you've got all these pieces. So yeah. James, what do you do when you're in that position of like, I just made the biggest mistake of my life. I'm totally messed up i don't know what to do what do you do what do you tell yourself what actions do you take so that you can you know one reflect because you've got to reflect right yes but also how do you get yourself back on track and get out of that rut yeah um there's the hard part everybody thinks the, the super hard part is listening to the feedback right or, or the failure in itself the hard work starts afterwards mm. um and i gotta tell you it's, it's it's different every time i think some of the some of the constants though is do not react immediately mm. i i can <laughs> i count millions of times where you know somebody reacted immediately and that immediate reaction was based off emotion normally a fear-based yeah. and it got them into more trouble yeah um it didn't make the situation better. Nobody learned anything. Mm -hmm. um, so don't react immediately. Sleep on it. Mm -hmm. um, let your feelings settle down. Mm -hmm. um, I write about mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. um, so if I can put it down on paper and I can kind of pinpoint where I can pinpoint where the miss is or, or just get it down so I can read it, you know, or, yeah. or figure it out yeah. um that helps yeah um now building a kind of building a, a how-to 
is 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 different because at some point you gotta own it. Yeah. Um, I love those people who walk in and say, "Hey, man, I did this. This one was my fault. I just need some help. Help me fix it." Hmm. Cool. Let's get to work. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You gotta own it, and in that ownership, your fear will you will decrease, and you'll say, "Okay, I messed up." Right. Yeah. It, the, you know whatever didn't go right I need to own it yeah I can't run away from it yeah um, and I might need help fixing it and that fix could come with I need to go have a hard conversation mm-hmm. um, that fix could come with um, you know I need to I need to pull this whole process back out and redo it from day one right yeah. mm-hmm. um, my my fix is hey maybe we need to relook at this deadline because I need I need to push this back sorry right yeah um whatever whatever it is uh there just needs to be a a fix right so um i think those those would be the constants that i would look at um a big one for me is slowing down and not reacting because again my face does some things right (laughs) when i'm mad wearing that wearing your words on your face (laughs) yes my emotions go like like my emotions come here um, I did read a great book though, um, Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Yes. And it talks a lot about your your how your body physically utilizes your emotions and your reactions, and it makes them real. Like it, it's immediate. Absolutely. And the people that are the people that are, I would say, some of our best leaders um, are people that are very emotionally intelligent with the communication, with what mm-hmm. they're doing, mm-hmm. even in failure. Yeah. Right. Like, even in, in when they drop the ball, hey, you know, um, one of my favorite commercials ever is a Michael Jordan commercial where he's walking through the hall and he's like, I've been entrusted with the ball, you know, at the last second this yeah. many times and I've missed, you know, 85% of those shots. Nobody remembers those. No. Right. But no. we definitely remember the buzzer beaters. Uh, we mm-hmm. definitely remember, you know, game sevens. Yep. Uh, but Michael Jordan was one of the best basketball players, one of the best leaders on any sports team ever yeah right has failed do you think he had to go and, and sit back and, and figure out okay how do i react how do i re- hmm. react with the team the coaches and staff yeah the other team yeah um you know when i get back on court who owns this hmm. well man i missed the shot it's my it's i own it right yeah my fault yeah and then the team goes no we're a team it's our fault okay well cool what do we do we gotta get back to work mm. get back to practice we gotta get back mm. to work we gotta get back to studying mm. we gotta get back to work yeah because if we're gonna do some things you know if we're gonna make a difference we gotta we gotta figure it out um and that's that's hard the yeah. ownership part is hard because it makes you really really vulnerable yeah um, and people are afraid of the vulnerability because if they if they're vulnerable to the wrong person which is really where the fear lies yes if i'm vulnerable to the wrong person they're gonna take advantage yes. of me yep and they're gonna hurt me yep now the beautiful part is if you're vulnerable to the right person hmm. that's one of the best relationships you'll ever have Boom, you, James, you hit that right on the head. <laughs> you hit that right on the head. Oh my goodness! I, you know, and I, you know, I'm guilty of it. I'm so, you know, I'm very friendly. I'm very open, but I'm very private, and mm-hmm. so I get nervous about sharing, you know, and talking uh, about myself openly at times. And I don't do it all the time, but when I do do it, I can feel myself doing it. And I'm like, no, you will not be that way. You are going to be authentic. You're going to be open. You're going to be um, trusting until this person has shown you that they that they're not worthy yes. of the trust right yes. and so i think a lot of times we go into work people work in bad work spaces mm-hmm. or had bad experiences with leadership or management they take those experiences into their next relationship quote on yep. there you and go then all of the stuff that was wrong with the last relationship the new people in the new relationship have to pay the price all that all that and so <laughs> you know Man, you know, when you're thinking about team teaching, when you're working with someone on a project, 
you have to give them the opportunity to succeed and fail. You have to get to know them. You have to comb through a lot of those conversations. You have to really dig in there to get to know that person because people are powerful. You know, people are not smart. I mean, people, they are not smart, but they are smart. I was trying to say they are smart. Then I said they weren't smart. That that is true though. That's both sides. That's both both sides. You're right. Yeah, but people are smart. And if we take our, I call them those superpowers and we put them together and we actually embrace our differences, embrace the challenges together. When one person fails, the other person doesn't feel like they're gonna be left down. That other person's gonna pick them up and say, nope, let's go, we got this, keep going, keep pushing, we got this. You know, a lot of times people don't experience that. So when they don't experience that and they do experience it for the first time, it almost catches them off guard. Like, what's your motive, you know? Um, I've had teachers that, (laughs) I've had teachers that have had you know, mentors, and they're like, I've never had a mentor before, especially in early childhood education, some of those private sectors, people don't understand the importance of mentorship. And so when they first get assigned a mentor, it's like off, it's very guarding. Like, what do you mean I have to be vulnerable with someone and tell them my business and tell them what I'm not, what I'm struggling with. I don't want to tell them that. I don't want to deal with them. I don't want to work with them. Um, And granted, like I said, there's a difference between mentorship and mean tornship. So we're not talking about people that are just being mean and disrespectful and and all out of box here. We're talking about people that have the opportunity to help you grow and develop. And sometimes your personalities don't get always together, but that Mm -hmm. person still has something to teach you, to help you, to grow you. And if you were open and you give it a chance, you can succeed and not get into that. I call it the, the, the grasshopper effect. You know, you don't like something and something's not working out. You're just hopping from job to job or you're hopping from person to person mm-hmm. until that until you find a person that's not going to hurt you or not going to make uh, ruffle your feathers, as you could say. So, yeah. You, you know, I, I, I love this entire conversation. I mean, you you are so good at bringing, bringing uh, just just bringing that 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 definition home. Um, yeah, thank you. And the what it made me think of is so Brene Brown calls it rumbling, right? Because mm-hmm. yes. we're not all going to get it. That is we're not, my girl. Yeah, man, I loved it. I loved changed it. Changed my uh, life. That book man, changed my life. I was listening to her. I was like, right, is she talking to me? Like I was in church, right? She was talking directly <laughs> to me. I was like, is my, is my name on this book somewhere? Um, but you're going to be in groups of people, especially, you know, at work or, or in your social circles. There's going to be groups of people and you're not meant to have the same opinion. You're yeah. not meant all to think the same. Because yeah. if that happened, you know, it, it, there's no movement. There's no growth there. There's yeah. no growth until somebody goes, I I challenge that. Let's yeah. rumble with that. Let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Um, I, I'll bring up a, a, a situation that happened with my son. And it was, it made me the most proud because it was him not only kind of getting over his fear, right? Because yeah. you never want to go talk to your parents about the way they made you feel, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's defense mechanisms that come uh, up at home, yeah. yeah, right? And he gets to see all of me, so. <laughs> um, but he said, Dad, you know, can I talk to you? You know, that's his way of letting me know it might be a serious conversation. Sure, yeah. son, you can talk to me about anything you want. So you remember yesterday when you kind of made fun of this? I'm like, yeah, I remember. He goes, that didn't make me feel good. Mm. You know mm. what, son? Thank you. Thank you for telling me. Mm. First thing I told him, thank you for telling me. Because most people, some people won't do that. No. You know? No. Some people will hold that. But I'm really happy that you and I have the relationship that you can tell me yep. when I didn't make you feel good. And I'm sorry about that because that was not my intention. Yeah. My intention was not to make you feel bad. Yeah. Um, I made a joke and it didn't hit right. I apologize. Yeah. I did not mean it that way. Yeah. He goes, okay, yeah. dad, I love you. I love you too, bud. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and, yeah. and, but it hit me and I was like, whoa, all right. Yeah. One parent thing done right today. <laughs> Celebrating. Um, it's right? True. I was like, I was like, man, if I can celebrate that, boom, you know, done. But, yeah. but think about that though, in a workplace, grownups. Yeah. Yes. I go and talk to my director. Hey, hey man, um, can I talk to you for a minute? Um, I didn't really appreciate the way you, you handled the situation. 
that's a fear that's a moment right like oh yeah you're gonna be sweating somebody's sweating you're talking you know to somebody who who you perceive yeah perceive has your job in their hands and if they don't like you or they don't like what you say yeah they go tell you to you know kick rocks hopefully that director is in the position they're in for a reason and they know how to rumble in vulnerability and can recognize hey this person's being vulnerable with me right now let's let's listen Let's listen to what we're doing, okay? Yeah. What happened? You know, what were the actions? And now, did I want this result? Because yeah. maybe this person's not the only one. Maybe I need to come in and, and talk to the whole team about, you know, yeah. as a director, how I did this. Yeah. Maybe I ticked a lot of people off, right? Yeah. Um, and that's that's something that that isn't practiced enough, isn't developed yeah. enough. Um, but I think that can be, right? Yeah. It can be. Um, so no, man, I, I, you and I can talk about this all day. Like we, for real, we can have for it real. <laughs> it, I mean, if you guys, I'm, I'm such like in deep thought right now because it is, this is like a huge thing um, that we're talking about. Just this fear-based kind of um, experience that many people have. Um, and, you know, we have got to do better as leaders to create an environment that's safe. You know, if you are in a director's position, if you're in a leadership position, you have to understand the power that you possess and you have to use those powers for good or you're going to use them for evil. And you are going to teach people how to treat each other, you know? Um, When we talk about bullying and we talk about all those pieces and they're like, kids shouldn't be bullying other kids. Well, adults shouldn't be either, you know? Um, And and sometimes too, um, it can even go the other way where the employees begin to bully the the leader. And so, you know, especially new leaders that are coming into the field. Um, I remember, you know, there were times in my career where people were like, I just don't have trust in you, Stephanie. I don't believe that you can do this. And I don't believe that you are here for the right reasons and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like I've only been here for two days. Right. <laughs> like, I don't even know you, man. I just need to show you, you know? But it's like you become, you start to adapt these certain kind of feelings and these certain kind of patterns. And you've got to get to a point where you look at yourself as a leadership, but you also have to um, look at the culture that you're building within your community and your company. If you have a culture that is very mean and fear-based, you are going to have fear-based people. Um, I was going to... I'll actually put this in one of our little clips of pod class here, Strength Based mm-hmm. Leaders. And if you guys have not read this um, leadership book, um, it is absolutely amazing. And one of the things that they say is effective leaders surround themselves with the right people and build e- build on each other's strengths. Um, yes. Yet in most cases, leadership teams are a product of circumstance more um, other than a design. So, you know, we have an idea what we want our team to look like, but sometimes we're just <coughs> in to our um, our team because maybe we're in a hiring freeze or maybe there's certain things, especially with early childhood education right now, we have a lot of teachers that are leaving the field or going to different centers and it's hard to find a good teacher. Um, oh, yeah. For those that don't know, there's a 45% turnover rate in early childhood education yeah. and professionalism is a huge area that that needs to be focused on because we need to have these raw conversations about what is happening and what we need to do better as mm-hmm. a group and be vulnerable because a yeah. lot of these people are small business owners and they own their own center um, and there's always that question of what do we need to do to help elevate our, our teachers so we got to hold them accountable we can't just keep them happy because that's part mm-hmm. of it but we also have to be they also have to have an idea that i need to be pushed i need to be um encouraged to um educate myself and grow and develop so there's so many different pieces when it comes to um leadership James, what's one thing that you want our listeners to know about or remember when it comes to leadership, um, when it comes to them moving forward? Just one? I only get one, Seth? All right. <laughs> you can give us um, a couple. You can give us a couple. <laughs> um, I mean, leadership is not a title. Hmm. Um, it's not a job where you get thanked every day. Hmm. Um, it's not, it's not a, you know, it's, it's either, it's either you are or you're not. Um, Hmm. you can learn if you want to be one, you can, you can learn. If you, if you say I'm a leader, guess what? You're a leader. Yeah. Now you just need the education and, 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 you know, some of the the dynamics to, to, to do what you want to do with it. Um, 
but I, I would say, you know, if they can, if they can take away anything, you know, just remember that leaders come in all shapes and sizes and no matter what your title is, you can lead. Mm. Um, and, and there, there are, there are situations that call for leadership. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are organizations that call for leadership. Um, even, even you know, I mentioned my ten-year-old. Hmm. I would say my ten-year-old is building leadership skills. Yes. By some of yes. the conversations that that he and I have. So take the opportunities. Um, in whatever aspect in your life, take the opportunity um, to to stretch the muscle. You know, yeah. practice the skill. If you don't yeah. think you have it. You got it by yeah. just the thought. Like, hey, I don't know if I can lead this group. The fact that you questioned, I don't know if I could do it, means you thought about it. Yeah. Now you just gotta. Now you just gotta get over the fear of it. Yep. Put um, the work in. Put the work in. You know. You know. Hit the ground running. Um. And be prepared to fail. Mm-hmm. And be prepared to fail others. And be prepared to be failed on. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because that that happens, that's yeah. bound to happen. Yeah. I have not met one leader who has not failed. Hmm. Not one. Haven't wow. read about one. Wow. Haven't haven't met one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know one. Um, and I have not met a leader who has not failed someone. Hmm. Mm. Wow. You know? That's a whole nother segment. I know, right? Right <laughs> there. <laughs> we may have to be a, be continued. <laughs> Because, you know, know, as leaders, leaders, we do, we fail people at times and it's the worst feeling ever. And it's hard, you know, Um, but redefining ourselves daily and being better daily is a key component. James, I want to thank you for coming on this podcast, you guys. I hope (laughs) you got so much good stuff. I'm going to tell you now, if you know someone that needs to hear this podcast, I want you to take this time right now to share this podcast with them. Share with them um, all of the different pieces. We'll have our clips, our articles, all of that stuff. James, where can people find you? If they were like, you know what? I just want to reach out to him and talk to him more and maybe get mentored. Where can they find you? Yes, um, LinkedIn. Just look me up, James Gatewood. Um, I'm also on uh, Facebook. Same thing, James Gatewood. I have a couple pages. One's a professional and then another one's a personal. Either way. Awesome. love to have conversations like this i love to to rumble i love the debate yes. i love to get uh, people's perspectives and stephanie i can't thank you so much uh oh. for for having me on and thank and having you. this chat i know you know you and i have a lot of conversations yeah um and they're always wonderful always thank wonderful thank you thank um, you but thank you so much this was this was amazing um and super insightful and, and i'm just i'm happy to be involved Thank you so much, you guys. You guys, we're going to have all this information down below um, on our podcast. Please make sure that you subscribe, you share. We need to spread this word. We need to get this conversation out so that we can really make a difference in our community. I also want to remind you, if you need more information, want to learn more about the Learning Project, go to www.tlptraining.com. I want to thank you guys so much for joining me once again. Until next time, see you soon and goodbye.